What is up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Feeling Free. I hope you are doing amazing. Today's episode is with my friend Doug. He just released a new book. And if you are in the healing, self-development, spiritual wellness world, which I know you are because you're listening to this, this will be such a fresh uh a listen of fresh air to remind ourselves to not take it too seriously, to have fun, to enjoy our human physical 3D life. So I'm excited for you to listen. And if you haven't already, if you haven't heard, I have the next retreat happening in the beautiful landscape of Sundance, Utah. This is happening in October, October 7th through the 10th. We already have a bunch of amazing people signed up. So, but we still have some spots left. So, if you are interested in healing, growing, maximizing your life, exp- expanding, gaining clarity, meeting incredible people in a beautiful setting, and you've always wanted to an- attend an in person retreat and have that magical experience, go to feeling freecom events. Go to the link in the description and you can um, apply there. You can get more info of what kind of accommodations we have. I mean, we have massage massage therapist we have private chef we're doing amazing workshop we have a special guest my friend christina oh man like the list goes on goes on and on and on but feel into it meditate on it ask ask for guidance if or if you just know that this is for you listen to that nudge and go to the link in the description all right y'all let's get into this episode with doug Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. All right, my friends. Welcome, my good friend, Doug Cartwright to feeling free what it do my dude feeling free ben <laughs> i am i'm actually in a really good flow right now i am actually feeling very free you are feeling free and you look free why are you looking and feeling free um that's a good question so when we uh so covid kind of like i was in a really good flow and then covid kind of threw everything off and then i felt like i was kind of like frozen in time mm-hmm. and then when i ran into you or when we met up in austin two weeks ago when I got to Austin, I like got kickstarted back into like this flow. And I feel like my work like picked back up again after like a one year halt. Um, and so I'm definitely in the zone and I was kickstarted by going to Austin. Mm, so like, you mean like your work was actually like, how halted was it? How, how, how halted we talking? Like, it's not that it was halted, but it did, I wasn't flowing downstream. Like, you know, when you get in those zones when you're yeah. just in and it's just like coming very natural and you're meeting the right people and the right connections. And it feels like effortless is being guided by divine intervention. Cool. Versus trying to like force it. Yeah. I was like trying to exert my will onto the marketplace for a year. And I didn't, I mean, my business was great. There was like very much a lot of exertion. So Whereas Doug, so how do you, we talked a little bit about this. Yeah. When, when we had dinner in Austin, how do you exert your will, but also trust and surrender? Yeah. So my, one of my favorite quotes is, and I talk about it in my book and we'll talk more about my book, but Mm -hmm. no, the universe responds to effort. And so 
you'll get clues and nudges and ideas of which direction to go in. Um, but no one, as I say in my book, no one can do the push-ups for you. Right. So a big mistake I see people make is they get this new idea for a new business or they want to get into healing work or they want to, you know, they want to feel free. And it's like this cool, their body reacts to it and they feel really inspired and motivated. And, but you have to like get in the, the trenches and do the work. And the analogy I use is like, let's say you really want to get into pushups, right? Like, okay, I'm going to get in a really good shape. So a lot of people go out and they buy new workout gear and they watch all the YouTube videos on how to do pushups and they interview the best pushup guy ever. And they get the new <laughs> top selling book on pushups. But if you don't do the pushups, like you're not going to get any better. Right. And you can't hire someone to do the pushups for you and you can't outsource the actual doing the pushups. And so you, I see this a lot in, um, spiritual work, right. Where it's like, oh my gosh. And it's so important. There is so much healing here and there's so much growth here, but a lot of times people seem to avoid doing the actual work. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is like, what's a good example of that? Like I would, I was trying to think of one while you were speaking of, because for me, I definitely like believe in flow and like following ease because of what you've, because what you're talking about, like this effortless flow of just being guided and like by the divine hand basically, and like surrendering to that. But the past year of trying to like exert your will yeah, is it's so interesting because it's like, there's that in between and there's there's nothing wrong with either. And sometimes it's both. And sometimes it's more than the other of like what I found of like, and it, it's just interesting to, because there's really not one answer is what I have found. Yeah. I think the greatest analogy to use is sports, right? Like you look at someone like, you no, know, Kobe Bryant, who you can tell when he's in the zone and he's just feeling it and he's flowing. But a lot of people, you don't realize how much work he put in to get to that point. Right. There's a big difference between, you know, flow state doesn't mean easy. And, you know, you say you do say you did use the word ease, right? Yeah. Ease means that it's life is unfolding really naturally. It doesn't mean you don't have to do hard work. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's it, and the, the how to differentiate those two, I think, is is the hard work you're doing coming natural to you and does it energize you right just because yes. it's hard doesn't mean it's not energizing so i've been in projects that are really 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 difficult but i feel energized i feel yes. alive I feel alive while i do it and so just because something's hard doesn't mean you're not supposed to do it i love that because it's because it does get mixed because of, of the worlds that, of the world that we come from of like corporate sales that area is just like do hard shit all the time just because you're supposed to and just like force yourself through it Right. And then it's like, well, just chill and like, just let it flow. You don't need to do anything. It's so your differentiator of what I love and what I also believe is like, it's, it's that mix of both of what energizes you because yeah, when I use the word ease is like, it is ease for me to do something that I love, but I'm still doing the pushups. Right. Exactly. And I think the question you ask is, does this set my soul on fire yeah do i feel alive if you feel like your soul's on fire and alive you can do the hard work right and i think that's the biggest difference is sometimes people will come up come across resistance mm. right 
And then they'll be like, no, I need to be in the flow. And it's like, no, there's resistance because it's hard, but you know, internally, if you're in, in alignment with your soul's purpose. That is interesting, right? Because it is like resistance is almost, I mean, it's like anything. It's like, ultimately, you know, and you have this unique design and purpose, but yeah. resistance could be like, stay away from that because that's not for you and meant for you. Or resistance could be like, how much do you want it? And you need to learn from this experience. Yeah. And I think you just have to, uh, know internally, like, does something feel light and inspiring and motivation or does it feel wrong and heavy and gross? Right. And mm -hmm. so you have to be able to pinpoint that internal feeling within you. And that's why mindfulness practices are so important because it, it allows you to get in touch with your own intuition, which will guide you. It's your inner compass. Right. And so, mm -hmm. you know, that's why for me, I have to need to move my body for 30 minutes, whether it's, you know, intense exercise or yoga and I have to have a meditation practice because really what I'm doing is I'm just getting back in alignment with my, with my compass. It'll tell me if something is, is whether it's wrong or it's just hard. I need to overcome it. Yeah. And it's cool to hear you talk about this because we've kind of already alluded to this, but cause I've definitely talked about many people about just, you know, flow all the time ease, but cause obviously it, it's, it's the reaction to being told of like slave away and struggle right. for what you want. But even just the other day I took like a big rest time and then I did, like three two hour calls and I was invigorated. Mm. Right. And because it was like me as a man and like that masculine energy, that building, that creating, providing just all those different things, like because that is me and that does energize me versus but I'm I don't want to do what I used to do of working, you know, ten, twelve hour shifts every day. But even that provided so much context, which I'm grateful for. Like if I didn't work those many hours, I wouldn't have been, have been able to coach people in the way that I have. So that's another, not another bad thing either. But anyway. Yeah. No, I think, I think it's important to do the hard thing, right? It's just, but is it, is your trajectory, is your current life path in alignment with, with your soul's purpose? That's the question you ask, right? If I continue down this road, is this going to improve the quality of my life? Is this continue to help me grow, grow my soul? Or is this just very, I'm doing grunt work that has no purpose and no intention, right? Am I expressing my true gifts in the world? And when you are expressing your true gifts and growing and helping others, that's usually a sign of alignment, right? So you can approach those vigorous calls, even though it's kind of daunting, it is a lot of work, but you can approach it with an energy and it's hard and there is resistance. It's like, I kind of don't want to do these calls. Yeah. I know what it's like to do a lot of calls. But once you get in through it, it's a very, it, it lights, like I said, it lights your soul on fire. And I think that's the, the meter we need to use by not is it hard or easy, but is this lighting your soul on fire? Ooh, I like that. So, and just a side note, cause you mentioned Kobe when yeah. he played our jazz. Yeah. Was it, was it his first playoff game or is when he airballed? Yeah. He, he had two airballs. First playoff, his first playoff series ever is playing the jazz. He's 19 yeah. old. He had back to back airballs and he, you know, and they lost that series. And that was kind of like a shadow over him, but he put in the work, mm -hmm. you know, and he saw the dividends later. I love that. So Doug, what, 
I mean, we're, we were just flowing. This is what we do. But what is the what what is the book called? So I <laughs> make sure we so talk about it. My book is live August 10th. You can find it on Amazon. Holy shit, we're alive. And the I and shit is an exclamation point. Um, yeah, holy shit, we're alive. And it's it's kind of my life's work up until this point. For those that don't, I know I think I've been on your podcast a time or two, but those that haven't heard of me or whatnot, it's, you know, I grew up uh, in LDS faith, Mormon faith, and got into sales in my early 20s. Saw a lot of financial success. I made a million dollars by the time I was 24. Um, and I suffered to what I coined as the success void. Where on success paper, void. The success void, right? Mm-hmm. And on paper, it's where my life looked really successful. I had a nice car. I had a nice place to live. I was traveling. I was flying first class. I was going on extravagant vacations. I was going sitting front row at every you know sporting event. I'm sure you remember me posting those on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, but I felt like this really, really miserable void. Um, and a lot of it was because I was telling myself a story that how life was supposed to be going and it wasn't. And really at the core, I didn't love myself. I didn't know this at the time, but I didn't love myself. Um, and then in 2017, I had a psych, my first psychedelic experience working with psychedelic medicine completely changed the direction of my life. Um, and then I took like a little two year mini retirement and went all the way down the rabbit hole and into the cave. <laughs> so before we talk about yeah. the cave, which we're definitely going to talk about this, the depths, okay. the depths and the darkness of the cave. Yeah. What is, cause when we were talking earlier, a couple of weeks ago, it was, you were so, ex- you're so excited about this book. Yeah. So, and I remember you talking, you said, you were talking like you were saying, holy shit, we're alive before there was a book title. Yeah. So, you know, like, I love how that's just like, it's like a part of you. But again, speaking of like what lights your soul on fire, this definitely is. And it emanates who you are and what you've done thus far in life. So who, like, who are you so excited, like for a person to read this? Who are you so excited to like, oh man, this is going to be like perfect for them. Um, there's like, there's a couple, it's interesting because there's so there's a few narratives in the book, right? So I grew up Mormon. So I'm excited for people that were raised in any type of religion, not necessarily Mormonism, um, that are looking for deeper truth. And I'm, I'm love talking to anyone suffering from the success story. So man or woman that's kind of been in their career and they're kind of like starting to feel the burnout. And I'm also excited to talk to people that have dabbled into the healing space, right? Because, you know, a, a big issue I see in the healing space is, you know, what you're kind of leading up to is that people get into healing work and it's this incredible, beautiful, and they have this incredible breakthrough usually that literally changes their paradigm in the way they think yeah. about life. Right. And it's so powerful, but what a lot of people miss out on is they don't leave the cave, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I have healing work to do. And then they stay in the cave and their new identity becomes, I need to heal. And they miss out on the experience of their life because they think they need to heal or they're still not worthy enough to participate in the human experience because they're not whole yet. And Mm. if you're always constantly trying to heal a part of you, you will never get out of the cave because no one is perfect. No one is, is the ideal human being. And 
a lot of times we wrap our identities into into our what happened to us and that we are on this higher spiritual path um but like holy shit we're alive go out and participate in your life um whatever that means to you but a lot of times we're not participating because we're stuck inside the cave i love that dude so what was your experience in so in the cave because it's again what you said of over identifying with healing right of Mm -hmm rightfully so because this thing we feel like thank goodness like thank you universe god like i have found this thing that is amazing instead of just living life on default i'm living intentionally and consciously now um so for you what did it look like to be in just the constant loop of like doing work or reliving healing and healing and healing without actually living yeah and i think you know everyone has different situations and yeah and, and healing also takes a different amount of time. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, you need to write, you can't rush through your healing. Right. But there comes a point in the time where you've done kind of the heavy lifting, you know? Um, and I just realized I was always trying to sign up for the next ayahuasca ceremony. And I was mm-hmm. always trying to do the next yoga retreat. And I was always trying to go to the next Kundalini thing. And I was always trying to go to the next retreat and all these things are very beautiful and very much needed. Right. But I had this moment where it was, I was having kind of an identity crisis where I was so caught up in the healing space. Because once you kind of get introduced introduced into these new modalities of healing, it's very exciting. Yeah, it is. Like a whole new world. This is going to change my life. And I realized, you know, two or three years into my healing and and I was working, I was doing everything, right? So I did EMDR, I did psychedelics, I did yoga, I did worked with a psychologist, I had multiple therapies, I had a fear coach, I had, you know, so it's just like thing after thing after thing. And I had a moment, you know, after I made some massive changes, right? And there's, we can do a whole other podcast on how to change and whatnot, you know, Mm -hmm. but I was had this moment where I felt like I had to be this kind of healer guy. And I'm like, you know what, I actually really still freaking enjoy watching football and drinking beer. Like I like hanging out with the boys and drinking, going to tailgate and taking tequila shots. And <laughs> I still love that. Yeah. Right. But I almost kind of had shame where I was like, I can't be like that anymore. You know, it's like, mm. no, I'm, I'm human. Like I'm on this planet earth. My life is going to end. We're all going to die. I'm going to die. You're going to die. You know, we've got about 80 so odd years to have this experience. And I'm like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And now that I'm healed, I can go back into my old life. I can integrate what I learned and take it back to my life and enjoy those at a new level of richness because I am healed, right? That's the purpose of healing work. It's not to become this change your name to some spiritual name and move to a cave and rub your chakras together and manifest. Like that's not the purpose. You know, the purpose is to go there, heal your wounds, become the best version of yourself and then take that skill set and that light and that love back and integrate it back into your old life and enjoy a new level of richness. That's dope, dude. So how, what was, what was a moment of reflection of integrating because integration and embodiment is the work like you just mentioned, instead of just logically conceiving it or talking about it or even doing it. Yeah. So, what was a moment of reflection of like, whoa, like I'm really enjoying the richness of like what I used to do, but now yeah. I'm enjoying it so much more. Yeah. So actually it's funny you say I have a very distinct memory. Mm-hmm. It was, it was two, it was not last fall, but the fall. So it would have been fall 2019. 
And like I kind of already mentioned, I'm a diehard University of Utah football fan, right? I love you, the Utes. I love, you know, fall home games in the fall and the crisp air. And in the past, it was, you know, go get as drunk as I possibly can and like get really and bet on the game and get really, really pissed off when the Utes lose or something. And it was just, I was attaching my happiness onto these things. And I was doing, you know, low vibrational things like, you know, drinking, right? Or drinking a ton. Now the drinking is bad. So, and like and on that note, I don't think anything is bad. It's not, not the, it's not the vice that's bad. It's the relationship to the vice that was bad. And I was probably numbing some, some wounds back in the day. So as I go on this two year healing journey, I'm kind of back in Salt Lake um, after I've done a lot of work. And I remember being at a University of Utah football game. And this, and I think it was like a week after I did an ayahuasca ceremony. So mm. I'm feeling very, you know, aligned. And um, <laughs> I'm feeling very, you know, channeled. And I remember mm. it was like, I had great seats. It was a full moon. And the full moon comes up over the arena or over the stadium. And I was with some of my best friends. And I remember thinking like, I don't care if these win, right? But like, how cool is this experience? And like, I'm with, you know, 20, I don't know how many people, 20, 30,000 other human beings right now. I think it's like 50,000 up at the stadium, 50,000 other people. We all have come together to cheer for an experience. And there's this competition going on with people who put in so much time and effort. It's a beautiful fall night under a full moon. And like, I remember thinking like, holy shit, how cool is it to be human? Like mm. to come and have this experience. And I remember in, re in regards to specifically sports, like I remember thinking, oh, I am no longer attached to the outcome. I am now attached to the experience of the game. Oh, like, I love that. We get to go to the game and be with our friends and eat cool food and be kind of out in the fall in Salt Lake and the crisp air and the full moon and everyone's kind of excited. And there's this buzz. I'm like, I love this. And I remember that was a really growth moment for me where it's like, I went and did the work I healed and I brought back those experiences to enhance the richness of my everyday. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that that's the proof of like the integration and again using this cave metaphor yeah of beyond just identities why do you think we get stuck in the cave of the healing cave of just like shadow work of healing of yeah. focusing on all these things instead of like enjoying and bringing that stuff back and integrating into real life and it's a, it's a there's a lot i've got a lot of thoughts on that because <laughs> you um we live in 2021, right? And we live in a, a crazy time and the we money is how we exchange value, right? And and you are you're you are paid based upon the value you bring to the marketplace. And a lot of people get into the cave and it's really traumatic. People need help in the cave for sure. And I'm all about the healing and you know, I work with a lot of private clients that are in the cave and I have a lot of empathy for people in the cave. I really do because I was there and it's mm -hmm. needed. But you get to a point where you've kind of have, like I said, you've done this heavy lifting and, you know, you, you tap into these energies and whatnot, which are very real, right? But there's this like commonality where it's people don't want to go back into the old world and like do the work. 
And so there's like this weird group of people like trying to raise the planet into 5D and let's just all live in the mountains and pick flowers and live in, you know. And so I think people are scared to go back into the real world with, because A, they might get triggered based upon their old trauma, which is mm. very valid and fair. But it's, it's this, it's a new level of comfort when it's like, okay, you've been accepted into a new community because a lot yep. of people in the cave didn't feel like they were a part of community and they find community that yes. understands them. Dude, this is a big one, right? They find community that gets them and understands them. And then there, it comes into this, uh, which I think is a big issue. And it's not just in the healing space, but this tribalism, Yes, right? It's like me and mine get it. We understand we have the truth. We, we, we are in on the secret. And, you know, none of else you guys get in. So I don't care if you're in the healing space, if you're a liberal or a right wing or in a cult or Mormonism, I think that's a big problem is tribalism is, is me and my community are in on it and you guys don't get it. And we're going to force our beliefs or, and, and, you know, wait, it's like this whole wake up, don't be a sheep type of thing, you know? And it's like, no, like let's all participate in community. Let's end the tribalism piece. And so people that never felt accepted or really fit in, which is a real thing. I'm one of them. You get into this cave, right? And you find your community and it's, it's really comfortable to stay there. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. I've, I've definitely seen that. And like you said, it's, it's everywhere, but specifically cause this is what this, you know, podcast is centered around yeah. is it's, it's, it's so funny. It's, it's just like another layer of like what we've created of because we didn't feel safe and accepted in this one area. Yeah. So we create it in here, but now we have a fear of leaving it or being different because of the same reason. Right. It's very interesting. Yeah. And it, all, and it really just goes back to fear. I mean, I think, you know, I talked about this on the last time you had me on, but you know, the natural, our natural state of our, our beings is love. Mm -hmm. If you remove all of our barriers, we naturally want to express love. Yep. Right. And so when you do the healing work and kind of remove those things, we want to express ourselves, but there's a fear behind it that if you lose your community, you get out of the cave, right? You're going to lose this connection. Um, and it just goes back to the same thing. It's where you, you just take on a new identity. So like I said, I'm not saying like, don't go into the cave. Like it's the Joseph Campbell quote, quote the cave you yeah. fear to enter holds the treasure you seek. And I fully believe that. But I, I, don't, I just don't think anyone's really talking about it. It's like, okay, once you've gone into the cave and done the work, like amazing, we're here to support you. You have tools and resources. Like now it's like, go time to live your life. Like, holy shit, we're alive. Go be mm -hmm. human. And we have so many cool things on this planet, you know, shapes and colors and music and friends and connections. And you can connect with new people and you can create businesses or create whatever you want. And there's like, you have like planet earth is like a giant Disneyland. <laughs> That we need to go participate and if, once you crawl out of the cave and go express yourself on the world it really equates to a beautiful life yeah and it's and that's not even to say like we'll go back in the cave at some point for oh. to, to visit you know cave will always be there <laughs> it's not going anywhere <laughs> yeah. so i want to talk about because you and i both i'm not sure how many people listening knew that i grew up also in the mormon faith in the mormon latter-day saint religion so and cause yeah, I don't really talk about it for whatever reason. Like I just don't think about or associate with, um, cause just like we talked about with tribalism, a lot of the time when you feel abused or manipulated or outcasted, you usually hate that thing. 
Mm. Right. And so now, but the ironic thing is you're still not free from something that you're fighting against right? because you're giving that thing, that power of like, you're still letting it hurt you by fighting it. It's very interesting in that way. So what is, but I bring that up because for me, it, not to say that it was painless, but my experience was a lot of it was good. And I chose, like, I didn't have any hate and I kind of, mine was like a more gradual um, evolution and leaving that. Um, but interestingly enough, someone in my family is actually getting baptized again, but that's mm-hmm. a whole different story. But for you, um, how, how is this playing not only in your book, but in your life, how did this play a role in your spiritual growth? But also like, why did you decide to talk about it so much in the book? Um, yeah, I think it's because I do feel very healed from my quote unquote religious and, you know, I use the word lightly trauma. Right. Or, mm-hmm. Um, and I think cause it's a very, it's a huge topic of conversation and a lot of people don't feel associated with their religion they were raised in. Um, and one thing that was beautiful about my transition that I do want to share with the world is I never really felt like I had a relationship to God while I was Mormon. Mm. Um, people talk about it, right. And people talk about, you know, the Holy spirit. And I never really got that. And it wasn't until after I left and kind of tried to connect in a spiritual sense, you know, with what I call the universe that I felt the relationship with God. And it was almost like this breaking news, like this really good news. I was like, Oh my gosh, like the Holy ghost isn't Mormon. Like we have access, we have access to spirit and intuition and it'll lead us and guide us. And you don't have to subscribe to a, a, a particular sect. Mm-hmm. And it was this incredible news because I was seeing how the role of intuition was playing in my life and how it was guiding me into, you know, deeper states of love and connection and richness. And so I feel very inspired to like share this good news with everyone where it's like, Hey, if you like, it's possible to be led by, and I don't care what word you use, God, spirit, Holy ghost, creator, universe, whatever it may be. But I believe there is an uh, infinite intelligence that is wise than us, that is guiding us and connecting us. And when you can tap into it, 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 it can lead to a very beautiful life. And so that's, I really want to share that message is of hope for others. That's so interesting that you never felt that. Not, can you not remember once? Yeah. I mean, vaguely, very like, very nothing there isn't like this big defining moment but if you talk about okay after i left mormonism do you have any and i'm like oh yeah this happened and this happened Mm -hmm. i can i can list off 10 right away and so making that connection that like oh my gosh you know you can you can still have connection outside of outside of the church doors was really powerful and important to me that's cool did you did you have any distaste or hurt or anger towards the church no, no, I, I didn't have, I don't think that anyone is cunning and thinking they're, you know, they're in on a secret and they're deceiving people. I think the church has very good intentions and, I, and I've seen how the church has played a very important role for a lot of people. And it is a source of love and inspiration and hope. And I hope it stays that way. Right. But I, it, it isn't for everyone. And just because you don't feel welcome or accepted at, at that church, doesn't mean you're unwelcome everywhere. Like there is places you can find where you are welcome. And I, and I hope to inspire others to that aren't feeling that, that they can find love and connection outside of the church. Mm. Where do you find love and connection most right like today? 
today. Um, my meditation practice is very like heartfelt love and kindness meditation that I love. And I've recently been connected to a new network of friends, which is really inspiring and that's exciting. And, you know, getting ready for this book launch has been really fun and, and exciting for me. And so I think just kind of this overall, overall, you know, putting, putting this out into the world, I've felt the love of the creator that has helped mm. me inspire me as I move through this process. That's cool, dude. What's something, what has surprised you? Like even you, what has surprised you in this process, whether it's writing the book, because I remember when you first told me about it and like you, you begin the process, but what is something that has even surprised you and left you in awe? So this is, that's a great question because it circles back to the beginning of our conversation of mm -hmm. how easy it's been. And when I mean easy, mm -hmm. I mean not, not, I've put in a lot of intense work, but there hasn't been this strenuous resistance towards it. I've been inspired to do the work, like Ooh. get excited to go, you know, work with my publisher and, you know, work on editing and whatnot like that. Like in the past, I would hate that stuff, <laughs> but I know that this book needs to be birthed and it feels like I've channeled a lot of it through the universe. And so because I've listened to the call, right. I got the call, to, you know, the intuition to do this. And it was really scary. Like my, I'm basically telling my whole life story from, you know, believing I was a fat kid and I was unlovable to talking about sexual abuse, talking about my dad yeah. died, talking about leaving Mormonism, talking about making a million dollars and spending it and poor financial decisions. And, you know, I'm putting my whole life out there. So it's really scary, but I know that it's supposed to be. So the biggest surprise has been how smooth and downstream the process has been. So I wouldn't say easy, but smooth. It's been a lot of really difficult work, but it's been smooth. That's cool. So you mentioned like you are about to publish some like printed words, <laughs> right? Like it's different when it's like on a podcast and it's something, yeah. So published yeah. because you've talked about it, but now it's like these, like you said, you know, your life is literally going to be published black and white and it's like, you can't get rid of these books. So it's out there forever. Yeah. Yeah. So what like does, cause you mentioned some fear and nervousness. Do you still have that or what is that? Um, not really. Right. I I'm not ner I'm, I guess the only nervousness and it's not really nervousness I would have, but it would be a letdown is it's like, you know, I've really invested, I've invested a lot of money in PR and media and you know, there's a lot that goes into it. And it's like, well, if it flops, if no one buys it and it's like, I, you know, worst case scenario, I lost some money right along the way of hiring these, these PR and media kits and whatnot. That's kind of the worst case scenario, but I mean, People, some people are going to love it, I hope. And I think there's going to be people that hate it, you know, and people are going to talk negative about it. I'm sure that's going to happen. Like, I'm not, I'm, I think we new information. But I think that was kind of an interesting thought was once it was real, like the book deal was done and we were working on it. It was like, oh my gosh, like my great, great grandkids can pick up this book and know everything about my life. Like mm -hmm. once I die, like a piece of me will still be on the planet because I have my history here. And yeah, so that was, cool. that, was a weird, that was a weird thought. Yeah, that is like really, really cool. Yeah. And I love how you brought in the piece, which a lot of people wouldn't mention of like, 
hey guys, just go check out my book, go down, go buy it because it's going to be amazing. But you talking about like, well, worst case scenario, yeah, like no one gets it, I lose money because of people that I talk to every day. That's exact like a lot of people. That's what they're afraid of finding out. Yeah. So how do you work through that? Um. So the correct answer to this, in my opinion, is. I have done a lot of work and I went to the cave and on my way out, I really truly learned to love myself. Mm. I truly, truly love myself. Um, but I'm always working on it. It's right. I'm a work in progress, but because I don't need external validation, of course we like external validation. It, feels, sure. nice. it feels nice, right? but I don't need it for my sense of sense of worth. Right. I know who I am. I'm proud of the man I am. I'm proud of the work I've done. And if I go out and people shit on the book, which might happen, totally possible, that doesn't affect my self-worth. Someone else's opinion of me doesn't affect my self-worth. And so I'm proud of it. I'm 100% proud of, 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 of what I've created. This book is the most important, most proud thing I've ever done in my entire life. And it's inspiring. And sometimes I go back and read it and I'm like, holy shit, like I can't believe I actually came up with that idea. It's so powerful. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like that definitely wasn't me. That was channeled. Um, and so I'm, I'm not too affected by other, other people's opinions on that. Sure. It might sting a little bit, but I, I, I'm confident that uh, there will be some people that it, it will change the direction of their life. Mm-hmm. And if it does that for one person, then it's worth it. I love that. Yeah. And I appreciate just like the realness yeah. of yes, you could do one validation and yes, it would sting. But ultimately, that's not like you're not. I think it goes back to what you talked about of being at the football game. Yeah. Is you enjoy the experience of it. Yeah. It's not you're not waiting for the football team to win. You're not waiting for this book to sell X amount of copies. Yes, it'd be nice if the Utes won. Yes, it'd be nice if this sold, you know, thousands and thousands of copies. But it's like at the end of the day, that doesn't determine your worth and love as a human. Yeah, I'm in charge, right? I'm in charge of you. It's me. I'm in here. Hi, I'm in here. I'm in charge. I want it to be nice in here all the time. And I can choose that. Right. So I'm not worried about bestseller lists. I'm not worried about if I get New York Times bestseller. Great. If I don't, great. No big deal. Right. Um, I'm in charge of my human experience. And so I'm going to dictate it. Doesn't mean I don't feel sadness. Doesn't mean I don't feel grief. Doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. I went and played golf this morning and I had one hole right. Played really bad and I was really pissed off. Right. <laughs> normal it's human like if you want to see me pissed off go watch me play golf like, I still <laughs> yeah. feel these emotions right but i accept them i don't resist them i don't push them away it's like yeah i'm human i'm pissed off right now and so in regards to this book launch like if it totally flops that's okay that'll be a disappointment that i feel for a little bit but intuitively i feel like it's, it's going to help a lot of people and, and be really really powerful for a lot of people and i'm really really excited to share share that with with those that are listening that's dope, dude. So for you, you've done many different things, right? Like you've um, had success, right? Like you said, like in the corporate world, you've had success with like developing an app, other things, like I guess in the physical businessy creator world, whatever you want to call it. And now this book is coming out. So what have you learned that would be of benefit, like merging your human, fun, spiritual healing vibes with succeeding in the real world like how from what you've learned what is what wisdom could you divvy out 
Yeah. So I think it's chapter seven in my book is titled movement is life. Mm. Right. I don't know where this is, this path is going to take me, but I do know I'm in alignment. I feel that I feel like I'm doing my life's work. I do feel that. Um, I don't know. I know I'm going to launch this book and I'm going to get opportunities and connections and resources from it that I can't even possibly imagine right now. Isn't that cool? Just like, I love playing this game. Yeah. Of like right now when we're speaking, we have no idea, but then a couple months will be completely different. Completely different. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm open to, I can't, I know I can't predict the path, but I know that if I put in the work and move and do something right, this started with an app. I built an app and that turned into a course and that turned into an integration manual and that turned into one-on-one coaching and that turned into a book. Like I didn't know this was all going to happen when I started my app, but I knew I just needed to move. And so Mm. I could give advice to anyone here. It's just move in the direction you think you need to go. You can't figure it all out. You can't have it all mapped out before you just have to trust that as you stay in alignment with who you are and integrity with the universe, that it will take care of you and it will guide you into something more beautiful than you can imagine on your own. And so get started, get moving, let go of the outcome, trust, surrender, and and follow the flow of life. Oof. I love that dude. Last question I have for you is, and I've never asked, I don't think I've, I don't think I've asked this before. I like this question. What's a powerful question or what's a life-changing question that you've asked yourself? Um, a life question, life-changing question that I've asked myself was, quote, what if I'm wrong? Mm. And I ask that all the time. So I remember the first time I really asked that was in 2016 in regards to Mormonism. Oh. And it's like, what if it's not true? What does it mean if it's not true? What if I'm wrong? And that's something I'm always kind of questioning myself to keep me in balance, you know, because no one, no one knows what's going on here. No one, no one has the answers in regards to religion or spirituality or God or the future, or what's going to happen. And so I always like in the back of my head, like, okay, I have this idea that I want to jump on. You know, at that time it was okay. I have this idea that I think I'm Mormon. What if I'm wrong? What would that mean? And that's a really scary question for a lot of people to ask. But I think it's something that keeps us in integrity and kind of keeps us humbled because we don't have all the answers. I've been wrong on so many things in my life. I'm going to continue to be wrong on a lot of things moving forward, but I don't let that hinder me. I love that dude. And I think it's kind of the point of being wrong. Yeah. Like what's something you've been wrong on? What's something I've been wrong on? Oh, that's such a good question, dude. I mean, (laughs) It's it that's even an interesting question to ask because it's like I know there's things I'm quote unquote wrong on yeah. because truth is like subjective, right? Meaning like we're we are all correct mm. according to our beliefs. Um and I I want to look back every single year and be like, Whoa, I can't believe I said that. That that was dumb. Yeah. You know, like I always look back like I can look back at videos and be like, Wow, that was weird. You know, <laughs> Or like that makes me cringe. Yeah. And so I know I'm going to do the same. Yeah. But like what's, I actually, I watched a video from like three years ago when I didn't know what I was doing. I, I just started documenting of like, okay, I'm just starting this idea. I have no idea what it's going to be, but my energy was so like grind hustle. Yeah. Like, and it was necessary, right? Like it helped me and it benefited me greatly, but it was just, it's crazy just what can happen in three years of just 
like a little young Ben, but it's only three years, which is like nothing. And what's crazy is I can't wait for you to look back at yourself three years from today. It's going to be even and more. Ho- and hopefully you're more cringy. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to look back to this interview and it's cr- cringe as the kids yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important one. I think, you know, we always are going to evolve. Nothing ever stays the same mm-hmm. and you know, we're going to continue to change and things are going to get different. And it's when, like you said, when we resist the change is when we suffer. Yeah. When we resist the change, that's when we suffer. Yeah. It's freaking true. Yeah. All right, Doug, my friend. Ben, you're the man. <laughs> I love coming on your show because it's so easy. Ooh, I love that. And, and smooth. Yeah. It's smooth and easy. We're in the flow. It's There's always something to talk about. Nothing feels forced, you know. Thank you. Well, should I make you do some push-ups just so it can be at least some work? You sure got to do some push-ups. <laughs> um, I love that. Thank you, sir. So again, so the link for your book will be in the show notes in the description for people to go check it out. Again, it's holy shit, we're alive. Yep. Um, where else are, um, can people connect with you and what else is on your heart that you feel called to share? Um, you can find me at Doug underscore Cartwright on Instagram. That's my main source. And I, I 99% of the time I answer almost every DM. So if you DM me, I'll talk to you. Unless it's like a, a marketing saying, let yeah. me help you get verified or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's a lot of crypto bots in my yep. <laughs> Um I think just the message I want to share is, you know, there was a time in my life where, is I, I want to wrap up on this, um, where I did feel I needed to go seek professional mental health help because I felt like I had lost my mind. I had gone into psychosis because I was going through such a deep healing. All mm. of my paradigms of life had been shattered. And a quote that really grounded me that I've kind of used as my true north for now is a quote from Alan Watts when he says, the purpose of life is life. And that was so beautiful. He's like, okay, the purpose of life is to have this human experience. And it doesn't matter if I make a million dollars or I'm a janitor. It's how can I experience new ideas and stay curious in my life? And that's really helped me. So last message for anyone who's struggling, who doesn't know their purpose, who doesn't know what to do, that feels overwhelmed that they haven't quote unquote figured it out yet. Mm-hmm. Just remember that the whole purpose of this whole thing is just to have a deep, full, deep, enriching, fulfilling life, whether that's you start the next Amazon or you're the gardener at the local library. Mm, Doug. This is good. I'm excited to read yeah. the book. I'm excited for others to read the book. Um, but we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on again. Yeah, I'm stoked for people to dive in into your world, the universe's world, the channel, the vessel, all the things that have come through and will continue to come through. And I'm excited to look back at this and cringe with you. You're the man. Love you, Ben. <laughs> Love you, dude. Alrighty, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. If you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a review, follow on Spotify, any platform you listen on. It truly helps when you subscribe, you follow, you leave a review because other people like you that are searching for this, um, it helps it in the algorithm. So, but don't just do it because I say to do it. Do it because you feel the calling and you want to spread this message because it's benefited you in some way, whether it's sharing it with a friend, um, on social media, whatever you feel called to do and implementing it in your own life is the most important thing. So that's the first thing to do. Thank you so much for being here. It says a lot that you are spending time here with us. We appreciate you. We will see you soon.